0: Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. In the last week in the United States, 666,000 cattle were harvested, and nearly 545 million pounds of beef and beef products were produced. The cattle that were harvested graded about 71% choice, 17% select, 8% prime, and 4% other. So that would be some of maybe the older grades, of the um, cutter and canner and that sort of thing, or some that weren't graded. And currently there are about 14.6 million head of cattle on feed in the United States. In the news this week, Subway is introducing 12 new sandwiches to their menu, which is one of the biggest changes to their menu in the company's history. There is a lot of variation in the sandwiches, however, they fall into four categories of cheesesteaks, Italian, chicken, and clubs. This week, Hormel celebrated the 85th anniversary of their well-known product, Spam. During World War II, over 100 million pounds of Spam were shipped overseas to the troops. And if you would like to learn more about the history of the product, you should take a trip up to Austin, Minnesota to visit the Spam Museum. And finally, Tyson Foods also celebrated a key anniversary of 40 years of their pork plant in Storm Lake, Iowa. According to an article in the Sioux City Journal, to celebrate, the company donated 40,000 pounds of meat to area food pantries. Additionally, they gave away multiple $4,000 donations to nonprofit groups in the area. Welcome to the meeting room. My name is Brianna Boozman, and thank you for joining me this week. I have always had some very interesting interactions whenever I go to the airport. Um, I've been very fortunate to have been able to travel quite a bit in my life, um, whether that be in high school when um, I got to go to some different national conventions or to some um, like mission trips with my youth group at church to when I was in college, I got to go to China for an ag trip um, and then went to Idaho for grad school. So got to travel quite a bit for that. Um, And now in my uh, new position, I'll travel quite a bit as well. But it seems like whenever I go to the airport, I always leave with a story. Um, in my opinion, airports finals week and Costco on Saturdays all kind of have the same energy. People are stressed. Um, some of them though are usually pretty excited because something fun is happening and there's usually free snacks. And so all those things kind of have the same energy and it's one of my favorite things. I absolutely love it. But, People also kind of seem to lose their sense of self a little bit when they go to the airport, um, and you just end up seeing a lot of odd things and having some interesting conversations. And a lot of times, this ties in when people find out that I'm a meat scientist, that also can spur a lot of conversations. And so, the two of them together can really um, create something fun, I would say. So, um, a couple of years ago, I uh, was on my way back to Idaho. I had been at a conference in Ohio. And I was on my way back and was sitting next to an older lady on the plane. And uh, we got to visiting. And she asked me what I did. And I said I was a meat scientist. And um, she told me she was on her way to a yoga retreat. And after visiting for a while... She started asking a lot of questions, um, like many people do when when they hear that I'm a meat scientist, and it's something I welcome. I always enjoy these conversations. But we got onto the topic of hormone usage in livestock, and where this conversation became interesting was when she told me that she worried about the excess hormones in meat because she was certain that those were causing her... Uh, 12-year-old grandson to develop breasts and other womanly features and so as you can expect this um, was quite the interesting conversation Um, we didn't go into all the other things that could be leading to that i am not a medical professional so i didn't need to make any comments there but it did open up a lot of opportunity to talk about why hormones are used um As well as just some of the kind of things that go along with it, I guess. And so, um, one of the things with hormones is that hormone usage in livestock production is a common source of curiosity of people um, and a lot of insecurity of consumers that maybe aren't tied to the industry. And I think that's fair. If you didn't grow up involved in the industry, it's probably something that you would question. I know that I would. Um I say this quite a bit, but a lot of times in ag it feels like we say, oh, that's just common sense. Like everybody knows why we would use that. But if you didn't grow up with it or have an opportunity to learn it, it can't be common sense. It would just like or it would be just like me trying to go to New York and getting on a subway. I would have no idea what I'm doing. But to people there, it's common sense. Of course, you're going to do this. Of course, you're going to do it this way. But if you didn't grow up with it, you wouldn't know. And to me, um, implanting livestock is one of those things that we grew up with it. So it's something that maybe was just kind of part of the yearly cycle of something that you do, Um, but maybe not necessarily something that's easily understood when you are outside of the industry. So hormone implants are used in growing livestock and specifically cattle, and it helps them to be more efficient in converting feed to muscle. So it increases their ability to use that energy that they're getting from their diet to putting on pounds of muscle and actually being the most efficient as they possibly can uh, with those nutrients. And so um, hormones are also known as repartitioning agents. So what that means is that they take energy from the feed, and rather than using it uh, to accumulate excess fat, they're using that energy that's within that feed to build muscle. And that muscle is what turns into meat after the animal has been harvested. That's something, again, most people know. Um, if you ask a kid where meat comes from, they often say the store. But the connection is that the muscle from the animal is what turns into the meat at the grocery store. And so implants, or that's the term that's used uh, when hormones are administered. It's um, similar to thinking of the word pill for if you give medicine. Um, That pill can have multiple different types of medicine in it. An implant is a similar uh, concept. And so they're very small. And typically are administered in the form of a small pellet under the skin in the back of the calf's ear. So, um, again, very small. You think of the animal's ear on the back side of that is where that implant typically um, is administered. And the way that they're set up is allowing for a really slow release of that hormone um, that's within the implant. And since the ears are discarded during Um, harvest, it ensures that that pellet does not end up in human food production. Um, And so in the meat industry, we often tout that we can use everything but the moo, and that is true. However, ears from cattle are not consumed. They do not go into um, human food production. And so because of that, it's a great place to put them, um, or the implants, I should say. If you were to implant in the neck or into the hind end, those areas have portions of muscle that can end up into human food production. And the FDA, or the Food and Drug Administration, um, is active in ensuring that the meat from animals that's implanted with hormones is safe to eat. So there is consistent testing that happens. Um, You know, I have said before when talking about food safety That in a plant, there's inspectors that look at the animal before they're harvested to ensure that they're healthy. They watch the harvest process to make sure that not only is it done humanely, but also that it doesn't cause any uh, food safety risk down the line. Um, And there's also folks there that check um, the head meat. They check the internal organs. They check really over the entire carcass to ensure that everything is looking healthy and additional samples are taken as needed. And so there's multiple steps in place to ensure that the animal is actually healthy uh, before it goes into the food chain. And the thing with hormones is that if it was a concern for human health, the practice would not be used and the meat would not be allowed to go onto the market, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, um, just kind of about it not being allowed in that sort of thing soon. So, some people do ask if hormones that are used end up in the meat, and um, it is important to note that meat is coming from a living thing, and every living thing has naturally occurring hormones, and it's common for food to have naturally occurring hormones, and that includes beef. And so one of my favorite examples is to compare uh, beef to cabbage. And I am going to preface that I know that there's differences in terms of um, maybe the breakdown that your body does of hormones from animal protein versus plant protein um, and different things along those lines. I don't, I can't explain them to you. I know that they're different. Um, and so I also know that this is not an exact comparison. However, it does give you just kind of a good idea to put it into perspective a little bit. Anyway, so one three ounce serving of implanted beef has approximately 1.9 nanograms of estrogen. Um, Non-implanted beef has about 1.3 nanograms of estrogen. And so just, I know that those words maybe don't mean anything to you, the word nanogram, but we'll we'll come to that. So three ounces, typical serving or the um, suggested serving for beef, 1.9 nanograms of estrogen. That's what we're going to use for our kind of base for beef. One serving of cabbage, on the other hand, contains 2000 nanograms of estrogen. So if these were um, equal counterparts, which again, I know that there is some differences between them, it would take 1052 servings of beef to get the same amount of estrogen as one serving of cabbage. That's 197 pounds of beef. The average American consumes approximately 57 pounds of beef per year, And so following those numbers, it would take about three and a half years to get the same amount of estrogen from beef as you would in that one serving of cabbage. And that is including that implanted beef. And so this isn't me saying that you shouldn't eat cabbage. Um, I'm very pro have meat and have vegetables and have fruits and fats and carbs and those things in your diet. Um, I'm not saying that at all. But when we think about this, one nanogram is equal to one billionth of a gram. And so, yes, there's other hormones besides estrogen that could be used in beef production, um, but similar examples of this can be found to demonstrate the trace amounts passed to food or from food to human um, during consumption. And so, just a good example to kind of keep it in perspective that um, these hormones are used really to uh, make feeding more efficient. We can throw in that word sustainable that we love to use, um, that by making it more efficient, it's a better use of those nutrients. It's a better use of the feedstuffs. And so um, it's just a a good thing, I guess, to kind of keep in mind and to keep into perspective. And so one thing that I had noted earlier was about um, the FDA and the testing that they do to ensure that it is safe. And so when you go into the grocery store, you may notice that pork and poultry products almost always have a bold print on the front, and it's often outlined or highlighted, has a big star around it, that says that those products are are hormone-free or raised without added hormones. And what you may not notice is the small font on the package that says the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration prohibits the use of hormones in the production of these animals. So that's right. No pork or poultry is allowed to get hormone additives. Um, It isn't something that is used in the industry and it is something that is not allowed in any production of pork or poultry. It's included on the package for marketing and that's it. And it's one of those things that one company did it and so others followed suit to not lose out um, because if you think about purchasing uh, patterns if there's two packages that say the same thing um, or that are the same product and they're maybe the same price and one of them has on their big and bold raised without hormones it starts getting you questioning well is this other one beside it was that one raised with hormones or um, hormones something i need to be concerned of And so um, for pork and poultry, it is very, very much just a marketing uh, tool. And so if you want to learn more about the impact of is it actually a meaningful statement on the label or is it just marketing? In episode 17, I believe, so it's quite a while back, um, I went through a bunch of the different things about hormones and natural and certified and different things like that to explain what they actually mean. And so um, just to kind of wrap this up, there's, there's so much regulation that is done in the meat industry to ensure that a safe, high-quality food is making it into the hands of the consumer, um, whether that be beef or cabbage or anything else that you choose to purchase at the store. Um, we're fortunate to have a strong food supply here in the United States, a safe one, um, and one that when we hear about a recall, it's actually a good thing that we have that traceability system in place um, to be able to pull that. So to wrap it up, um, if hormone implants cause a food safety risk, um, it wouldn't be allowed to be used by the producer. And fortunately, um, this isn't a conversation that I have had on an airplane, Um, recently, but I'm excited to see what ones continue to come up. Um, We know there's always different trends in the food industry. I know hormones were a big talk for a while. We don't hear about it quite as often, Um, but there's, there's always something circulating. So it will be interesting to see what conversations continue to come, and don't be surprised if you hear more on future episodes. So thank you for joining me this week in the meeting room, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon.